Shaw Hart and Cameron Hart have teamed up to create Grow With Heart. It's the perfect place for all things book related. They offer bookish giveaways, book freebies, and new releases. Are you a reader looking for free books? Are you an author looking to grow your BookBub or TikTok audience? Grow With Heart is your one-stop shop for all things bookish. Visit Grow With Heart, that's H-A-R-T dot com, and subscribe to the newsletter to be the first to know. What are you waiting for? Grow with heart. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, welcome back. We're here for the second installment of Cuba Gets Struck by Alexa Riley. That's what? us. What? By the way, that's that's who we are. Welcome. I don't even think we said that the last episode. Oh, we were just shit. like, oh, it's Alexa Riley. We can fuck off. <laughs> Whole new season. Who cares? <laughs> we're not even going to tell you what we're doing here, how we play audiobooks. None of that shit. No. <laughs> All right, so we we have not talked. We haven't had a video chat in so long. It's like we don't even know what we're doing. We talked for like 20 minutes before. We were we, supposed to have one, and then I got sick. We were supposed yep, to talk. Yep, <laughs> and then, then you didn't. But, um, but yeah, so we were talking for like 20 minutes before we were like, hold on, let's, let's just go to the podcast. What are we doing here? <laughs> so tell me, okay, your mom's dogs eat fast food. Explain this no, to well, me. No, well, technically they don't eat fast food. Okay, okay. <laughs> So they went out of town for a few days to go see a comedy show. My dad turned 60. Mm-hmm. So they went out of town and she's like, here's what you got to do to take care of the dogs. She's like, you have to give them a small, whatever you make for dinner, mm-hmm. you have to give them a small plate off. So I'm like, well, I make like fast food. Or <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm like, like she's gone. I text her one day because we're getting Pizza Hut. I'm like, can they just, can they split like the pasta dish from Pizza Hut? She's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> How much did you give them? The pasta dish isn't really that big. Me and Isabel split the pasta dish from Pizza Hut. So it's a whole serving. Well, I split it in half for the dog. Because she doesn't like, she leaves dog food out. But I guess it's like they're wet. They get a portion of dinner. Whatever they eat for dinner, she gives them a small Play-Doh. I can't, I can't wrap my head around this. I don't, I don't either. How old are these dogs? Are they old? Um, you know God, how long has she had Dexter? She's probably had Dexter eight or nine years. Okay. I don't know if he's going to make it too much longer. Oh. And then Charlie Bean, she adopted. I think he was already like three or four. He was Mm -hmm. like dropped off at the pound and Mm -hmm. he went blind. She was, he was on a diet and then he went blind and he would cry for food and now he's blind. So I'm like, mom, get him off the diet. Just let the man do whatever he wants. He's blind. Oh no, she has him on a diet. So she he's had not him on a diet. fast food anymore. No, she had him on a diet before. Oh, like he oh, went blind so no. and then okay. he kind of went blind and like, this yeah. is all he has left. <laughs> I mean, really? No, I get it. I'd probably do the same thing too. If it was like that, I didn't realize the extenuating circumstances. All right. I take my judgment back now. <laughs> But no, she even makes like I'll go over there. She makes her own like creme brulee. Like my mom would skip dinner just to have she'd have dessert for dinner. This sounds familiar. I know. <laughs> the so. person who brought how many cupcakes the other day from Target? <laughs> I don't want to talk about. <laughs> no, tell me. T- share your shame. Tell these lady no, listeners how many cakes she brought home the other day. No, I only brought home like three or four. How many <laughs> they had in stock? Only a 
pumpkins. They're big cupcakes, but they don't always have them in stock. I have to go online and I'll check to see if Target has the cupcakes in stock that I like. It's like they serve you one giant cupcake. So good if you guys go over to their bakery section. Not all Targets carry it. It has to be one of the really big ones. And the vanilla runs out really quick. And I'm not talking about the little vanilla bean ones. I'm talking about a single cupcake they sell it themselves. But I'll go online and I'll check to see if they have it in stock before I'll go to Target and just get one. I just I love this life you're living. Like you're you're like this is 22 2022. This is your year. You're doing it. You're living <laughs> your she'll life. She'll make them like an individual creme brulee because she'll make just enough for like four creme brulees, and she'll make the dogs each one. Why not? I mean, does I this not fuck their stomach up? I don't know. It's not gonna mess up probably Dexter. He's like a farm dog, like a border collie. He runs and runs and runs. Yeah. I feel so. like my dog would have the runs <laughs> if she ate something like that. But my dog, for some reason, she, I mean, she's a lab, blueberry is, but like, I feel like she is such a, she's very particular about the food she can, well, she's not particular. I am about the food she can have because it seems like there's so many things that upset her stomach. Her stomach. She can't have chicken. She can't have rice. Like, oh, we had, Rob's old dog was like that. She couldn't have red meat. She gets sick. Well, Blueberry, like, has the worst gas when I give her chicken or rice. I mean, it's enough that to run us out of a room. It's so oh awful. So, we stopped right away. We're like, she's not eating that. So, she eats a salmon and oatmeal. It's a, still, like, a hard food or whatever, but that's all she eats. And so, she doesn't. That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, she doesn't eat people food. We rarely give her treats. And somehow still, she's thick. Like, I don't know how she has, but the vet said she was like, she's not fat. She's just a thick girl. And I was like, she's Robinson. (laughs) That's what I was saying before we started recording my jelly cat, the girl who's always like thin and barely eight. She's clumped up over the last like six months. So pandemic, Melissa, maybe a little less judgment. I don't care. What did you say? She's what, she's what did you call her? What shape is she? Pear shape. Pear no shape. No boobs and all hips. <laughs> would you like hold her up by the arms and like uh, the waist all down? In yeah, the you would. Oh, that little baby. Yeah. it's all gone to her hips. So oh my god. So, um, we did a post uh in the end of December, and it was your top five reads of twenty twenty one. Um, I wanted to share because we didn't talk about it on the podcast because we didn't do it before then. Um, I don't know if you remember your top fives. These are definitely, I read many five-star reads last year. Mm-hmm. These were just I, the top five I was thinking that I bet stuck it was hard me. for you to. Yeah, I read a lot of great books because last year I really tried to step out of the normal books that I read and the normal authors that I always pick up. Because I, I honestly, I started following like women of color on Instagram and mm-hmm. book bloggers of color. Like it, you know, my, obviously my friend Carla, who's our admin, like she's not just my friend. She's also an admin for the Read Me Romance podcast in the group, but she's a bookstagrammer and she really opened my eyes to like make a effort to follow other book bloggers that women of color, like, you know, she's definitely brought forward like all these great Latinx reads in the community there and shared that. And then you had like 
I know you had your fancy titles on yours. Mine was like <laughs> bred by the mafia. Mo- I had bred by the mafia monster. <laughs> but that's just it. Like I read some really fun rates. Like the the one that I read. What was it? The one that was like fucked by the orc or something. Like mm-hmm. uh, like that one was like a gangbang orc. Wrote. I don't know. That was a mess. Like, but it was so I felt fun. Like after you you gave me your five, and I'm looking at them. I'm like the covers are nice. They mm-hmm. look like serious books. Mm-hmm. The best thing. The love hypothesis. Mm-hmm. get a live chloe brown and I'm well, like, God damn it. well and those were i mean in those and wholeheartedly those were my favorite reads this year and i didn't even yeah you know, i tried to look at it and you know somebody was talking about like diversity and romance and that kind of thing and i was like okay well let me look at my top five what's the diversity in these and i was like am i you know like i made a point this year to do it let me see how i did and talia hibber you know she's a black romance author that heroine in this is black like it was a fantastic story like you know and I just was I wouldn't have given that a chance you know before not because I wouldn't have loved it I just may have not seen it you know because there wasn't you know another bookstagrammer who was mentioning how great it was you know and I was like why haven't I read this make a note to say I will post these links in the show notes we Mm -hmm. always do show notes you can get all the books we talk about but I'll put both Leah's and mine favorite books in the show notes this week for you guys if well, anybody wants them. and if you've been listening to the podcast since last season you know i went on a mariana zapata binge like i had never read her before and then i read fucking everything she wrote and although it was only like you know 10 books or whatever it was it was like eighty thousand pages you know how i just realized you didn't have on here which you probably didn't because everybody knows you just love all of their books what is the historical author you always Oh, read. Kerrigan Byrne. Yeah. No, look, she actually hasn't, like, she hasn't released in a hot minute. She I did, noticed that, too. Yeah, I actually purposely looked up, because I went back through all, because I read, I, I think I said I read 55 books this year, which I was really proud of, because. You read it, big books. I know. They, like, I'm serious. Like, a Mariana Zapata was, like, 500 pages. Yeah, you, know? you can read. I can read like a, those short books, like mm-hmm. one a night. You're reading books that are like twenty hours like a long week on audio. Long. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think all of my audio books, like I don't think anything was under eighteen hours last year. Yeah, which is insane. It is. Um, but anyway, so like going back through, I was really impressed with the number that I read, just because, and also we wrote twenty books. On yes. top of it. So, I kind of take that into consideration, too. I was like, well, so it was 75, but okay. <laughs> that's true. Count the books. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a fair point. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, God. I know I'm going off subject, but my brain's just like, I can't catch up today. But um, I saw this. Okay. So, it said the TikTok was like, tell me something that means nothing to the broad community, but means, but is super like braggy to a niche market. And this one girl, she was like, I'll give you an example. And she showed a My Little Pony. And she was like, here you go. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And I look in the comments and people are flipping out because she's holding up this ultra rare, legendary, Mm -hmm. like My Little Pony. So she was like, you know, what's something that's huge in a really niche community? So I was like, oh, these are kind of cool. Like, you know, looking at these and stuff like people who have like really narrowed specific, like, you know, interests or hobbies or whatever. And they're like badasses in that one little corner of the world. And so, (sighs) what? I just thought of what I would show that I got for Christmas. What? What I don't know if I told you. Did I tell you I ruined my husband's Christmas gift? I guess it. You guessed it? On accident. Oh, he told you to guess it though? No. 
Uh, so what did you do? So what happened was I'm like, I know he said he got me something. He was like, I don't know if it's going to be here by Christmas or whatever. And I'm like, okay, what do you, how do you not know? But whatever. Yeah. And I'm not even thinking about it. And I lost Isabel's social security card. So I had to reapply and I'm waiting for it. And it came, like the certified mail, because the one's crazy, was down in the bushes. And I opened it and I was like, look at this, the mailman just put this down there. I picked up the certified letter and I was like, what is this? I, I can't believe they left it like this. And he snapped it out of my hand. And I was like, he never checks the mail. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, the mail shows no interest to him. Yeah. He snaps the mail out of my hand. I'm like, oh, I think that's her social security card. Look, it's from the <clears throat> da-da-da. And he's like, oh, sorry. And he hands it back to me. And I'm like, hmm. what certified mail kind of thing are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah. That, and so I'm like, and then I was like, you didn't get me, like, a star or something, did you? And he's like, no. <gasps> and I was like, oh, okay. And then it, just two seconds, it just clicked oh. in my brain. I go, did the Packers open shares or something? <gasps> no and he way! goes, motherfucker. Because <laughs> I'm like, because that's the only shares? thing that takes time yeah, yeah, to yeah. be able to buy a share. And they haven't opened shares in like seven or eight years. So yeah, I've never yeah. been able to buy stock. Uh-huh. But he bought me. I got stock in the Packers now. No shit. That's a great gift. And you fucking guessed it. <laughs> he like turned and he was like, I couldn't believe I guessed it either. But all because I picked up a letter and he snatched it out of my hand. Yep. Oh my God. That's fucking good. That's how you know you've been married a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that means something huge to a really niche market. Like, unless you're a... a Packers fan or you're like into really NFL at all if you understand how that works. I think That's a lot of so people probably don't cool. even know that the Packers are shared company. They're owned yeah, by the fans. Like, yeah, they're owned by the fans. I, th- I love that. And yeah, they don't open up shares very often. Mm-hmm. And they get but did you have one? Like, do what? Did you have one that you would hold up? Um, I don't know. It would probably be something I don't know, like Maybe Harry Potter related, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking even, that, too. Although, I still wouldn't feel like a badass. Like, there's so many crazy fans out there. Like, I, I probably wouldn't, like, feel cool at all about that. But, um, but no, so I was watching TikTok, and I was watching all these different ones, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I come across a book talk, and she said, I have one, but it's the opposite of that. She said, I have something that means nothing to a very small community but means a lot to the world. She said, because I told Book Talk, I read 150 books this year, and they were like, good for you. And she said, and I told my coworkers, and they lost their fucking minds. <laughs> I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's mine too. That is so true. Yes. That is so beyond true. Right? If that's I would I tell said. like a random friend that mm-hmm. I just not in the book world, I'm like, I read 170 books, they'd be like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, I tell you, I read a hundred and... I, I tell you, I read 55 books. You know, that's not bad. You read some big books. Like, that's not bad. <laughs> my husband's like, how the fuck did you read 55 books this year? I'm like, I know, right? You see how I do. I'm amazing. <laughs> like, I posted it on Facebook on my personal one because, you know, I have my family and stuff on there. And one of my cousins is like... Jesus Christ, I read 20 and I thought I was doing good. <laughs> yeah, I was, awesome. like, I, know, I was like, 
but yeah, I just thought I don't. I, I never thought about that. Like that I know that it means nothing right. to a niche market. She was like, unless you get in the two three hundreds, you know, nobody's blinking at you. No. You come, you come into book talk. I read one fifty crickets. <laughs> But that's it's so funny though, right? It's true. The ones where I'm like, oh, is when people start getting into 200. I'm yeah. Like, oh, well, I saw some somebody in headquarters post up. They read 400. I was like, this cannot be real. How you were reading multiple I, books in a day? I I I used to. Yeah. But yeah. I read books like the smaller ones that are like mm-hmm. 25. That's what she words. said. She was like, it was all novellas. And I'm like, yeah, I remember I used to be able to read two books a night sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, depending on what it was. I think the most I ever read in one year was 200. I think that's the most I've ever done in one whole year on my Goodreads. And then we get to count our own books. Oh, God. I didn't didn't even count them back then. This was before. This was probably when we were blogging. But, you know, it's I've never counted my own books until this year. And I thought, why why have we never added those in? (laughs) (laughs) You know? So, like, I, I don't know. It was crazy, but I, I just thought that was really interesting. So, if you're hearing this and you think your book count doesn't matter to our small community, it matters to me. <laughs> you know what I just thought about? I should go back and look and pick my favorite Alexa Riley book. That's a great idea. That's such a good idea, Mel. So, I'm going to think about Hold it. On, and wait. then <clears throat> Oh, you have the picture. I was going to say, let now. me pull it up. Let me pull it up on social media and I will tell you. My favorite, because that's. I've already got it. I'm looking at it now. I know. Oh. Oh God, this is hard. Oh shit, this. I would say shielding Lily and the translation. (laughs) You can't say that. But I don't think you can't say that one. That was translated to Spanish this year. Ooh, taking what's necessary, hands down, no hesitation. That was my favorite. (laughs) Oh my God, that one was so fucking dirty. Oh it was. God. That one was nasty. Teach Me was good, too. I think I'm going to go Craven Co. No way. I, really? I I love a good high school book. Yeah, you do. I that do. Good... I love a good high school romance. Oh, shit. So. This, what is it? The Inmate's Obsession. And Say Your Fuck, Mind when they're good. on the train. Shit. When she calls him daddy. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about that one, too. See, how do we do this to where we write these books in America? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, the Craven Co's are really fun. Those were fun books. I like the um the rural romance books. Those I were fun, too. too. Those were a lot of fun to write. I like that the, the girls were different and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, the Take It All. That was fun, now we're too. Like, we're just we're like fawning so over hot. our own books. I'm gonna, I'll put this in the links, too, guys. I know. So these were the these are all the books that we had in 2021. We have the Camp Hardwood, the uh, the bundle of that that was kicked it off last year. Then we had Prom King, Prom Queen. Then we had Thick and Shielding Lily translated Spanish. Um, claiming as Christmas Tree Topper, Hometown Hero, Big City Crush, and then we had um, the Summertime Sweets was a bundle. And then we had Say Your Mind, The Inmate's Obsession, Rural Romance Bundle. Um, the Winter Groom, The Winter Bride, The Fall Groom, The Fall Bride. And then we had the other groom series where it was the Possessive Groom, the Loyal Groom, the Jealous Groom. We had a lot of bride books this year. Yeah. Um, Take It All, Teach Me, Shy Virgin, Taking What's even, Necessary. Jesus. Did you, scri- oh, or did you skipping over Prom King mm-hmm. and Prom Queen because you're just going to say that? Craven? I did the bundle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, the 
there are so many good ones. I'd, I'd still say, though, I mean, I mean, there were a lot of great ones. Taking What's Necessary was my... But I, a good forced book. I love the forced submission series. Those were my favorites to write because they were just balls to the walls. Like They're anything so hard could go. To write. I know. And you had the hardest time writing those. And it's so funny to me that normally neither one of us really struggles or where one is maybe weak, the other stronger, you know, like we I sort of compliment each the, other. In the past, because you wrote that one by yourself. I did. But in the yeah. past when we had done them, um, I you had wrote to write the, the male, male uh-huh. point of view. Yeah. I couldn't do the female point of view. So it was like one of the mm-hmm. rare instances I did the male point of view. And it was like you immediately started off on the back foot because you're like, I'm writing a guy. Hold up. This can't. <laughs> like, this is weird to start. Because I just you know? couldn't be that aggressive. I can't be mean. I'm not good at being mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently very good at it. Okay. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm like, stop saying that to her. You can't yeah. do that. So it was just hard for me to write him being mean. So I don't know. I just can't do it. Well, so my five books that I really love this year, again, Talia Hibbert, the series, the Brown Sisters series, um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I loved Mariana Zapata, the best thing. Absolutely my favorite Mariana Zapata book, hands down. I'd read it again. It was mm-hmm. so, so good. It had a beautiful epilogue. That might be one of my most favorite epilogues I've ever read. It was beautiful. And it was like 30 years later. So that's, not, I mean, it was just perfect. But, Isn't it um, crazy how a good epilogue, like, I know, like, just stays I have you. one in my head that just stuck with me uh-huh. for yep. years. In the book, I read the book, like, four years ago, probably. Yep. It just stuck. It's still, right now, if I think about it, I'll just start crying. It's <laughs> so good. Um, and then I had um, Nikki Sloan's, the um, Filthy Rich American series, but specifically the fourth one, um, The Redemption. I had never read a book where the hero was so awful but the author was able to make you love him. And I think mm-hmm. that craft is just fantastic. And Nikki oh, Sloan, yeah. she's an incredible writer. But as a reader, she made me she made me believe that he was good. So mm-hmm. that's what I, I, that book blew me out of the water. Just the writing on it alone and the storyline was incredible. And it was nasty as fuck. It was so good. And then um, Trelina Pucci's book this year where I had never read her before. This is my first book by her. And it was uh, Just Like Heaven. And I just, I loved it so much. That book, like it was crack. It was like that cracky soap opera, TV drama, like so over the top, could not put it down. It reminded me a lot of the Paper Princess books mm-hmm. where it was just like extra When you described them, when mm-hmm. you described it, it made me think of that too. Yep. Cause it's like, their high school Romeo and Juliet retelling, you know, it just so good. So those were definitely the the five books that stuck with me out of everything I read. So, you know, and I haven't started a new book this year yet, which is crazy because we're halfway through January. But I was talking with Polly the other day, one of our friends, and she was like, I was telling her like, oh, I read this book, but I'm going to wait. Like, I don't want to start the year with this one. And she's like, yeah, I haven't picked up another one since. Oh, it was The Love Hypothesis. That was my other book that was my favorite this year. And she was like, I haven't read anything since that because I don't want to. It was at the end of December. And she was like, I want to finish the year on a good on a good book. And that was a good book. So, yeah. Yeah, because I had posted up that was in my top five. And she's like, I love that book. It's like, it was great. And so Allie Hazelwood, who wrote um, The Love Hypothesis, actually announced uh, today that she has another book that's coming to the cover reveal. 
and it looks so cute. It's like grumpy sunshine, and the guy's like, oh, I love that. He's like a grumpy scientist that's like, oh, you know, like he's just like in the like the picture that was drawn. It's like he's all grouchy and like scowling, and the girl is like got colored hair and a septum piercing, and she's just like laying back in his arms, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, like he has to hold her, mm-hmm. like, oh. It's so funny. Like, the cover itself is so good. And knowing, I mean, her debut book was The Love Hypothesis. And oh, wow. it was, it fucking blew up. It was so good. I loved it. So, I can't wait to see what she's got next. But anyways, what were you, you want to talk about your five favorites that you have on your uh, list? Well, I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> I had The Loner by Jamie Schlosser. Oh, my God. I love that one. That was good. I had that one on my list, too. Like and then, which is really cute, like, and a girl trapped away in a house, and he pretty much takes her. And then we did The Boss by Melanie Moreland, which you oh, liked for. Oh, yes. I love that book. And then I did, obviously, a Jessa Dean book. I did mm-hmm. Lakefront Property. I, like, had to text her because I had read so many Jessa Dean books. Uh-huh. And so the one that stuck out the most in my mind, I was like, what was the name? And I, like, described the book to her. <laughs> I'm texting her at, like, author. midnight. I love it. I love it. And then it. I picked uh, Bread by the Mafia Mobster by Sam Crescent. Because I've really enjoyed the, Ooh, yeah. the breeding series that she has. I love Sam Crescent. She's She's got some good stuff. Some of her stuff can be harder for me. Mm-hmm. Like the heroes can be too hard. But this one was so sweet. I was like, yes, give me more. I oh, love this. it. <laughs> and then I did Ruthless by... Uh, Milla Crawford, which she's been on the Yeah, podcast. she's going to be on the podcast. She's going to be. Yep. I really fell into her and read a lot of great books by her, but that was the best one, and it's a high school romance. Like, the first few chapters, I'm like, he's an asshole, which mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan, and she pulls it Oh, man, around. that's such a good skill. I'm telling you, like, it because a lot of times an author can't do that for me. That's why I don't read bully romances, because oh, so yeah. many authors write it, and I just can't. It, it's hard to be. Redeemed, yeah. I guess. Like, Nikki but he's Slane. an asshole to everybody. But then he keeps like coming back for her. He can't help it. He like mm-hmm. wants to get a reaction out of her. He's like starts craving that. a reaction from her because she'll ignore him. It drives like him that. insane. It was oh, it's a really good book. I saw somebody post up that they wanted they wanted to. Um, oh shit! I have to think about it. I can't even remember what it was now. But it was like, oh, that's what it was. Abby Knox texted me and she said, do you know, she said, this is a very specific type of trope. But after the guy has sex, he's like really hyped up and angry and like wants to go to battle. She was like, is there a trope for that? And I was like, I don't know. That sounds really fucking hot. <laughs> I remember um, Maya Banks had a book, one of her Highlander books. And is that the one had- that had the sheet? Yeah, he had to, like, fuck her, and he has to fuck her real quick, and then he rips the sheet out and leaves, and then they don't have sex for a while, and she's, like, kind of saying, and she's, like, starts telling everybody he's really bad in bed, because he did it so quick, because they were, like, literally showing up at the door. He just kind of pushes through her virginity, and he strips the sheets, where he'd been romancing her before, but then it was, like, bam, oh, we have to do this right now, like, rushes her up and fucks her Mm -hmm. quickly, and he comes or whatever, and she's, like, he's not Good and bad. Is this the, that's the one where he like hangs the sheet outside yeah, for them to, to see. Yeah, he, he like shows like, them her. Virginity. He has to take yeah. the sheet. He takes it down yes. to them. And uh-huh. he has to oh, show okay, okay. Yeah, the sheet that she's my bride now and uh-huh. I'm king or whatever. Yeah, but 
She God. tells everybody he's bad in bed, and then what? Yeah, so the, and then he finds out about it. He was like, I had to do that. It was just really cute. Because you don't usually get a, a scenario where the sex was bad, but it's kind of funny and humorous. You're like, because it's hot, too, because he's taking the virginity yes. blood. And uh-huh. It wasn't, like, rapey. They'd been courting and whatever. Uh-huh. Just yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, they had to go through with it. And yeah. it was just... And she's like, he was bad. He's like, I'm not. And then he's like, I'm proving this. <laughs> I'm, that's so hot, though. Yes, that you want to get up from sex and, like, go to war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if that's a trope, but I would read it. Because <laughs> that sounds really hot. And I was like, now I want to write that. Can we write that? How do we fit that in a book? <laughs> he's just, like, so, like, pumped up. And he's like, I can't do it again. She's probably sore. Like, punches the wall and storms out. That's a good scene. Mm-hmm. That is a good scene. I saw something in headquarters too, where somebody had posted up a scene, or they wanted something that was similar to a picture. And in the picture, it said um, that the two people are sworn enemies, and the girl gets amnesia, and she's like, "Oh, you saved me," or something like that. And he's like, "He's like, who are you? What are you doing? You know, or whatever. <laughs> like, what's going on here?" And it was like, you know, that I thought that was kind of cute or whatever the scenario was on it. And I was like, oh, I like that, too, when they're when they're not supposed to be together. I like that. But um, Katie Wilde said she has a book coming out that's um, called Just One Bed. And I was like, that's that's a title. I know, that's I'm all I need to know. I'm sold. <laughs> Why don't you ask her where that damn bear book is? That's what I want to know. Oh, my God. I know. I, I can't even ask her right now. She's got so many books she's writing. I could, I like, I want to ask her. that damn bear book for like five years. But this is why we're friends, right? So I get books first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only reason we're friends with authors, actually, is to get their <laughs> manuscripts early. <laughs> get them on the podcast, get their manuscripts. No big deal. <laughs> we're playing the long game here, guys. We know what we're doing. We got you. <laughs> All right, so um, what else have we got coming? We've got, uh, like I said uh, on last episode, on Tuesday's episode, um, get this book, Cupid Gets Struck, with the ebooks or the epilogues. You can get it in ebook now. Um, the epilogues will not be on this audio that you're about to listen to because it ran too long and we had to submit it early. So the ebook has epilogues. If you want to keep going, if you don't, it's okay. You can listen to this for free and that's it. The next book we have out after this is called Flurry of Love. And it's about a girl in high school and she goes on a ski trip with some of these like rich assholes at school. She gets invited to go with them and they go to this mountain cabin and she meets a mountain man. <laughs> yes she does and so he has to come rescue her and save the day and it's wonderful so and he has a we're cousin we're gonna have to make the last book the sister's book the cousin oh sister we're gonna have to make God, it the yes. last one a grumpy man oh that's the, a good idea because the first one wasn't too grumpy he was a little grumpy mm-hmm. which make the third one like extra grumpy let's do it <laughs> the um the second book we're writing it right now it's wilder's book it's the cousin it's uh, there's three of them that live on top of this mountain it's two guys and a girl and they all get their own book and the cousin wilder we're doing his and i love it because it's like super insta love like they both see each other and they're like oh my god you're the one like that's mm-hmm. it but he sees a diamond ring on her finger and he gets so pissed that he just turns around and walks out and he's like fuck <laughs> like this was it like the universe gave me my bride but she's married to someone else 
And so he takes off and then he forgets something and she has to go give it to him and she gets Obviously, in an accident. he would have come back around stomping around. Yep. What's going on. <laughs> it's an amnesia book too. There's a lot happening. It's going to be great. So right. be sure to look out for both of those, but let's play them. Um, I guess the second installment. Let's do All it. Right. We'll see you guys on the other side. I'll be taking this by Olivia Turner. Spring break is for wild girls. I really don't know why I'm here. This is not my scene. The excessive drinking, the half-naked bodies, the horrible decisions being made. Ugh. I'd rather be studying. So when my friends throw me on stage for a wet t-shirt contest, I nearly die. Hundreds of people are watching as the MC approaches with the water jugs to show off my jugs. That's when I see him, Jackson, charging through the crowd like a nuclear bomb about to go off. First, I feel the possessiveness in his eyes. Then, I feel his hands on me, grabbing me, throwing me over his shoulder, stealing me away, saving me. He's the rich owner of the hotel and he's not having any of this. It's not the wet t-shirt contest that he's against, it's the hundreds of people watching. He still wants me to get wet, but it will be for an audience of one. Just me, him, a tight white t-shirt, and a big old jug of water. That's a contest I don't mind entering. That's I'll be taking this by Olivia Turner. Grab it now in Kindle Unlimited. Chapter 4 Cupid One week later You know, when Star and I got together, she thought I was crazy. You are, I say to Nick without looking up. But I have to say, nothing I did compares to this. When I glance up at him where he's standing on the stage, he's wearing a smug smile, and I want to tackle him to the ground. Maybe a good fight would get out some of this pent-up aggression I'm feeling right now, especially with everyone already arriving and in the other room having cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. I want the place to be perfect, so I've been helping Star and her team of people decorate the restaurant. It's a Valentine's Day theme, of course, but it's also over the top, which is exactly what I wanted. There are flowers hanging from the ceiling in long cascades, and every flat surface is covered in red and pink roses. There's an orchestra warming up, and I've already seen several people coming through the front door. It's time, Nick says as he lights the final candle and comes to join me. Are you sure about all this? When I glare at him, he holds his hands up. Okay, chill, I'm just asking. When is my sister going to be here? In about 15 minutes, if Star did her job. Star won't miss a thing, Nick says confidently. She wants today to be perfect, too. Okay. If, for some reason, this doesn't go according to plan. I've got it, Nick says, patting me on the shoulder. Just go get pretty, and I'll keep everyone occupied with my sparkling personality. We're doomed. I sigh as I walk to the back office and get changed. Once I'm out of my clothes I used to set up, I change into my dark suit and red tie. I check my watch and then glance out the back window, seeing Star and Astrid pull up right on time. There's a small room in the back we use for private dining on occasion, and I wait there for Astrid. My heart is in my throat, but I know that today is the day I come clean. It's been a week of me desperately holding on by a thread as I wait for today, and now that it's here, I'm not sure I'll survive. I'll meet you out front, Star says as Astrid walks into the room. Star winks at me as she closes the door, leaving Astrid and me alone. 
Um, what's going on? Everything is ready, but Star said you wanted to see me? You look so beautiful. Her floor-length gown is strapless and pale pink with some kind of sparkles all over it. It's not too much, is it? Her cheeks redden, and I can't stand the distance between us anymore. No, it's perfect. You're perfect. Star made me dress up for tonight. She's sheepish, like she's embarrassed, but she looks flawless. Taking her hands in mine, I let out a deep breath and begin. I need to talk to you about something, Astrid. Is there a problem with the cake? Her eyes widen and I shake my head. No, it's beautiful. It was delivered perfectly and is waiting in the kitchen. She looks down at our joined hands and I feel her fingers nervously wrap around mine. When you look at me, sweets, do you feel something for me? Her eyes snap up to mine and widen a fraction. What do you mean? Is it familiar? Is there a stirring in your stomach, like this is right where you're meant to be? It's complicated. Her voice is soft, but I know she's holding back. The guy you said was your boyfriend. Is his name Cupid? Is that the person you feel something for? She bites her bottom lip and shakes her head, but then stops and nods it slightly. I'm not sure. We've been friends for so long, but I'm not sure what it is. How do you know his name? And you said I remind you of someone from a long time ago. I keep going as I reach up and touch her cheek, letting my fingers trace over her soft skin. Yes. She leans into my touch, and it encourages me to keep going. What if it's me? When her expression changes to confusion, I push on. What if the man you think of as your boyfriend and the boy you cared for a long time ago are the same? She swallows hard and her breath catches as I wrap my other hand around her waist. What if I'm Cupid, sweets? What if I'm Austin, too? What did you say? Her voice is barely above a whisper as I pull her flush against me. I've waited on you long enough, Astrid. My whole life, I've waited and saved myself for you. I created the blog for you. I bought the restaurants for you. I built this world for you, sweets. All of it. It can't be, she breathes, touching my face like I might not be real. It's real, and it's true. I'm sorry for the deception with Cupid, but that's my real name and why everyone calls me Q. After I moved away, you were all I could think about. By the time I found Nick again, you'd already left for college. I knew that was your dream, and I couldn't stop it. But what I could do was make the rest of it come true. You did all this for me? There are unshed tears in her eyes, and I nod. I love you, Astrid. I've loved you since I was 15 years old, and I've never even looked at another woman since. You're all I've ever wanted, and I waited for this moment, for this day. I can't believe this. I can't believe you're Austin. I am, and after all this time, I need you to do something for me. I take a deep breath and then slowly kneel down in front of her. 
When I take the box out of my pocket, she covers her mouth in shock. I need you to marry me, sweets. Let me keep on loving you as my wife for the rest of my life. Don't make me wait another day to have you as mine. This is insane. She lets me take her hand as I open the ring box and take out the gigantic diamond cut in the shape of a heart. It is, but you once told me that magic happens when you least expect it. I slide the ring on her finger and look up into her eyes. Marry me, Astrid. Yes, she says, and she falls into my arms. I close my eyes and hold her next to my heart, finally taking my first real breath since I don't know when. Maybe I've been holding it since I was 15 and drove away from her, but I'm here now, and I'm never letting her go. Let's not keep them waiting, I say as I stand up with her in my arms. What? Her eyes widen in disbelief, and I smile. Everyone is here and waiting to see us tie the knot. I hold her face in my hands and press my forehead to hers. I've spent my whole life thinking about my first kiss, and I knew that it would be with you on our wedding day. I love you so much. She closes her eyes just as the door behind us opens and Star pushes in. Let's get this show started, she squeals. Nick stands beside her, shrugging. Sorry, but we listened to the whole thing, he says, and Star slaps him on the chest. Don't apologize, I'm not the least bit sorry. Star is smug as she stands there watching us. Let's get married, Astrid says to me with a huge smile on her face. I'm not giving you a chance to change your mind. She squeals as I scoop her up in my arms and carry her out to the place we've got set aside for the ceremony. Everyone is in their seats, and I carry Astrid down the aisle to cheers from the audience. When I get to the stage, I place Astrid on her feet and stand across from her, holding her hands. The minister begins, and as he talks, all I can do is stare at my beautiful bride. I can't believe we're finally here, and that I've got her after all this time. Nick hands me the wedding band, and Star hands Astrid hers. We slide them on at the same time, and my wife looks up at me with wonder and awe. It's the single greatest moment of my life. And when the minister pronounces us husband and wife, I don't hesitate to wrap her in my arms. I love you, wife. I love you too, husband, she says. And I lean down and place my lips on hers. Chapter 5 Astrid When Cupid's mouth presses against mine, I realize everything I've ever dreamed of is coming true. All those fantasies I've played out in my mind are becoming a reality, and they all lie within this man. It's always been him for as long as I can remember. How have I gone and fallen in love with the same man over and over? That's why I knew when he asked me to marry him right now, it wasn't actually crazy. It has been and always will be him. It doesn't matter how he came to me. My heart, brain, and body always picked him. There have only ever been three people I've thought about the possibility of more with, and it's always been the same person. Cupid's fingers sink into my hair as he moves his mouth against mine. My eyes close and I let myself feel him at first. 
I want to remember every detail of this kiss. When his tongue strokes across the seam of my lips, I part them, wanting him to deepen it. He does. Neither of us may have been kissed before, but it's all natural. There is no tentativeness to his kiss. His tongue slips in and strokes mine. I let my body melt into his and my knees weaken. Cupid keeps me on my feet, wrapping his arm around my waist to hold me in place. A groan rumbles through him into me, and I answer it back with a moan of my own. Desire swirls up inside me and builds quickly. My body wants more, and a whimper leaves me when I realize his hard cock is pressing into my stomach. Anytime I make a sound, it jerks against me. Guys, I don't want to interrupt, but... Nick's voice pulls me back to reality. A wonderful reality, but it reminds me that I'm standing in front of a room full of people having a very intense first kiss. Another growl leaves Cupid before he lifts his mouth from mine. He licks his lips, and then his smile is gigantic. Heat rushes to my face for a million different reasons, but not embarrassment. It's more shyness than anything. But most of all, it's the excitement of not only staring up into my husband's handsome face, but seeing his mouth all swollen from our kisses. I love seeing the ring on his finger when I slipped it into place, but seeing this mark on him is easily as hot. Especially knowing I'm the only girl to have ever kissed those lips, and I'll forever be the only one. Cupid takes my hand and leads me back down the aisle. Everyone stands and cheers, and no sooner does he get me out of the room than he has me in his office with the door shut behind us. When the lock clicks into place, he's kissing me again. You're my wife, he says between kisses. Fuck, I knew you'd taste sweet. His mouth travels down my neck, and he pushes me back to sit on his desk. Cupid, I moan when his hands start to bunch up my dress, trying to get it pulled up around my waist. Please don't tell me to stop. His fingers slip into the front of my panties, pulling them to the side. I know he can feel how soaked they are. You're bare, he grits out between his teeth. Who did you shave for? He tugs on my panties and they rip apart, but they never stood a chance. You, I admit. I had a feeling something was going to happen today. Cupid, I lick my lips. You told me I'd be your valentine, so I thought maybe today you might show. I also, I pause as heat rushes to my face. Out with it, no secrets. Sometimes in my head, I make up fantasies. I've been having one about you, Q, losing it tonight at the party and pulling me into your office to have your way with me. His nose flares. Then you were going to be with Cupid after? I nod. It's naughty, but what's a girl to do? It's only fantasies, but sometimes I play them out a bit, like shaving on the off chance they become real. So you shave to be ready for me? All of you. Then I better not disappoint. He smirks as he drops to his knees in front of me. This is a fantasy you better get used to. There's no way I'll be able to have you fluttering around the kitchen outside my office and not drag you in for a taste. Oh gosh, I love the sound of that. Cupid buries his face between my thighs and I gasp at the sensation. 
My fantasies are nothing compared to the real thing as he licks and sucks, not teasing me at all. We've waited long enough. So tight. He groans when he slips a finger inside of me, and then another. I already felt his cock pressed against me, and I have no idea how he'll ever fit inside. I don't care. I'll die trying. There is no way I'm not taking every inch of my husband. Cupid pumps his fingers faster, working in another. It's tight, and the small pinch of pain is erotic. Q, Austin, I, I, I can't. I shake my head. It's all too much. I'm coming undone. You will, my sweets. Give me my sugar, he demands before sucking my clit into his mouth, taking long pulls while he strokes his tongue back and forth. When his fingers hook inside of me, I'm done for. I scream out his name as the orgasm assaults my body. Tears slip free from all the overwhelming emotions that come flooding out. Sweets, Cupid kisses me, and when I open my eyes, I realize I'm sitting in his lap. You with me? I'm always going to be with you. You'll be lucky if I let you out of my sight. I sniffle, then smile at him through my watery eyes. Good, I don't want to be out of your sight. I run my fingers down his strong jaw. I can't believe he's Austin, but the more I stare at his face, the more I can see it. I trace my finger across his cheek and down his nose. I bet if I keep feeding you, you'll look more like Austin did. I tease, making him chuckle. Maybe, but I think I'm going to get some good workouts in with my wife. A snort followed by a giggle leaves me. Fuck me, you're adorable. I plan to, but... I trail off, glancing toward the door, remembering there are a ton of people waiting for us. Cupid grips my chin, pulling my attention back to him. As much as I want to say fuck it and steal you away, we have our whole lives. I'm going to share a few dances with my wife, eat the cake she made for me, and show you off before I drag you back to our home. Tears fill my eyes again. I've never been so happy in my life. Nick has always been my family, but this is different. This is a family that belongs to me. Our home. I love those words. Our home. I know all your dreams, sweets. You've told me them all over the years. And while I've waited to claim you, I've been making them all come true. If you're impressed with the restaurant I built for you, wait until you see what else I've done. Not one of my fantasies has lived up to the reality of this man. I love you, I tell him meaning it down to my soul. I love you too, sweets. He stands, putting me on my feet. No more fantasies for you. I'm making them all a reality. Chapter Six Cupid This can't be real, Astrid says after I carry her over the threshold of our home. I know we've talked about it since we were kids, but even then you love to bake. The downstairs is an open floor plan designed for a big family. The kitchen looks out into the dining and living room, and beyond is a glass wall with a view of the water. It's big enough for four families. 
Her eyes are wide, but her smile is even bigger. That's another thing I know you want, and I plan on giving you. I place her on her feet and cup her face. Starting now. You really mean it? We both want a big family, and I'm going to give you all the babies you can stand. She laughs as I kiss her, and then look into her eyes again. I mean it, sweets. Your wish is my command. I can't believe all this is ours. You did this for me? I nod as tears spring to her eyes, and I wipe them away. All I want to do is spend the rest of my life loving you. That's it, Astrid. You stole my heart a long time ago, and I don't ever want it back. You're mine just as much as I'm yours. This time she pulls me down for a kiss, and I'm nearly knocked on my ass as she jumps on me. I fall back on the couch, and she straddles me. I growl as I pull at the material of her dress. I don't want to tear your wedding dress, but I'm impatient. I need to see you without a shirt on. Her hands are almost as frantic as mine as we nearly claw at each other. Let me fuck you in this dress. I growl when she tears open the front of my dress shirt and the buttons go flying. I want the first time my cock goes inside you to be when you're dressed like a bride. Yes, she breathes as together we bunch up all the sparkly material of her dress. Her panties are long gone and her bare cunt is slick and sticky. Fuck, I groan when she pulls out my cock and slides over the ridge of it. Go slow, baby. It's my first time too. I don't want to come on myself before I even get it in. And I don't want to waste a drop. She grabs the root of my cock and pumps her hand up and down a few times before she swipes it through her folds. We should have more foreplay, I hiss, pressing against her opening. I wanted to eat you out again before we did this. Later, she moans and sinks down a little. I need this first. Jesus, sweet, I'm gonna come. Do it. She nearly begs as she holds the head of my cock at her entrance and pumps it some more. You're gonna kill me like this. When my cock jerks and pulses, she watches with wide eyes as my cum shoots inside her in a hot rush. I can feel it. Her voice is soft, like she's in awe as she slides down and takes more of me. God, you're so big. Don't talk dirty or I'll come again, I gasp, and she falls the rest of the way down and seats herself completely on my dick. Oh, fuck. I'm so full. She rocks a little and her head falls back. But the ache feels so good. Enough, I growl grabbing her by the hips and flipping us over. It's my turn. I hold her hips down with one hand and my other reaches up and yanks on the top of her dress. Her tits spill out and I lick my lips before latching onto one. She moans as I pump in and out, her pussy clenching around me. There in the middle of our family room, I fuck my wife for the first time. Out of all the times I imagined this moment, I didn't think it would be like this, but God, it's so much better. Nothing prepared me for how perfect she would be, or how special this moment is. I love you so much. I hold her close to me and grind against her pussy, rubbing her clit in just the right spot. Don't stop. She tilts her hips up, welcoming my body into hers. I love you, Cupid. 
When I feel her legs tense and her back arch, I keep grinding until she falls over the edge. Her pussy clamps around me and I can't hold back anymore. My thrusts are shaky now, and the feeling of her heat on my cock is too much. My cock pulses and I come so hard that I nearly collapse on top of her. Her legs are around my hips, and when I look into her eyes, she's smiling so big and beautiful. I've never seen anything so gorgeous, I tell her, brushing her loose hair away from her face. Again? She asks, her eyebrows wiggling. Again, I agree, and thrust into her once more. We end up making love all over the house that night and leave a trail of clothes along the way. It's the best day of my life, and knowing that we have so many more ahead of us has my heart aching with happiness. Astrid was my beginning, and she'll be my end, from this day until forever. This has been When Cupid Gets Struck by Alexa Riley, read for you by Avery Reed. Welcome back. Hey. Don't forget that we are going to be giving away some signed paperbacks this week, so you can click that link. All the links are going to be in the show notes, the new releases, all that kind of crap, all the stuff, the books that we talked about, our favorites for the end of the year and such. Yeah, and all the books we wrote in 2021, those will be in the show notes too, just to see if you missed it. You can also check our social media. We made posts there with them on, but any of the other books that we've talked about, those will be on there too. Good luck remembering all those, Mel. <laughs> no, I think I have them since there's like posts already made and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It should be pretty easy. Yeah. But um, like I said, next week we have Mel Jean Brooke. Um, I'm so excited she's with us. I love her, love her books. You guys are in for a treat. She's a phenomenal writer. She is. And She's so, a phenomenal writer. And her, she has like some really great like steampunk books and stuff too that are really fun. Like she's just, God, she's awesome. So I can't wait to have her on. And um, and next week we're going to talk maybe about what we've got coming maybe later this summer. Oh, and yeah. We have a little treat for you guys this summer. So we'll talk about that next week. All but. right. Well, Tom, let's do. <laughs> Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye.